I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 57. He has sealed his mission and his works with his own blood, studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 135 through 136. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. Okay, let's do this. Um, as usual, whoops, I have a baby on my lap. And, oh goodness, who knows? Who knows how well this will go? Um, you would think when I called this naptime devotionals, my intention would be to do this during nap time. And technically, when I got this started, that was my intention. And then I had a fourth kid, and they all take naps at different times. And my third kid decided to just stop taking naps completely, even though both of his sisters took naps for a long time after they turned three. But apparently, three was the final marker. No more naps for him. So there's not really a nap time anymore. So I just kind of, it's more like any time that there's time in my day devotionals, but that just doesn't sound as nice as nap time devotionals. So we'll just keep it as is. Um, but here we are. So I'm going to do things um, backwards today. We're actually going to start in 136 and move our way backwards um, to 135 because I want to talk about 135 last, um, right? This is the declaration of Joseph Smith's martyrdom, Hiram's martyrdom, um, and those moments. So I wanted to actually talk about that last. So I'm going to talk about 136 first. So in... Um, section 136 in verse 33. And again, we're moving backwards. So I'm going to move up through the verses. Um, he says, uh, this is Christ talking for my spirit is sent forth into the world to enlighten the humble and contrite and to the condemnation of the ungodly. I think sometimes we hear and we talk about how Christ loves us unconditionally and Heavenly Father loves us unconditionally. And that is 100% true. You are 100% loved unconditionally. I tell, tell this to my kids all the time that Heavenly Father doesn't love us more or less if we are making good choices or bad choices, right? If I'm out there murdering people, he still loves me. If I'm out there you know, um, protecting people and making good choices and sharing the gospel, he still loves me. And it's exactly the same, um, which is hard for some people to fathom because for some people it feels like, well, no, if somebody's making bad choices, you shouldn't love them as much. Um, but I could tell you right now, loving someone less or hating them doesn't inspire anyone to make good choices. Um, it tends to actually have the opposite effect. But this is the thing I want to focus on. My spirit is sent forth into the world to do two things, to enlighten the humble and contrite and to the condemnation of the ungodly. And so the people that are making bad choices, he still loves them and he's going to condemn them. And I know that that might seem counterintuitive as well. It's like, well, wait a minute. If you love them, why would you condemn them? But I think, honestly, for me, understanding Heavenly Father, understanding Christ comes the easiest when I think about my job as a parent, right? I love my kids 
unconditionally. There is literally nothing in this world my children could do that would make me love them less. Trust them less? Yes, there are definitely things that would make me trust them less. Um, give them less responsibilities. Um, maybe even look at them a little bit differently. Turn them into the FBI. Certainly, those things exist. But would I love them less? No, because they are the fruit of my womb. <laughs> I grew them. I produced them. I put them into this world. And I did my best to show up as their mom and to show them love and to show them kindness and to show them how to show up in the world. And if they decided to use their agency and make their own choices, which they're gonna, and if they happen to make choices that are terrible, terrible choices, will I call the FBI on them and turn them in? Absolutely. And will I do it with love? Also, absolutely. I will do it with love for them because I don't want them hurting anybody else or um, getting themselves into any more trouble. And I will do it out of love for other people because I don't want them hurting anybody else, right? So I think that when we look at this, right, we want to obviously... Obviously, the goal is to be the humble and the contrite so that we become enlightened, that the spirit can enlighten us and teach us more and we can learn more and get closer to Heavenly Father and get closer to becoming more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. At the same time, we're loved either way. We're loved. And hopefully we are humble and hopefully we are contrite. Hopefully we're on that side of things. <laughs> we're not the ungodly. Okay, the next section of verses I want to talk about is um, still in 136, verses 28 through 32. And I'm actually going to kind of talk about them in two separate sections. We're going to talk about 31 and 32, and then we're going to talk about um, 28 and 29. 30 is good too, um, but that's not the one I'm, I really want to focus on. I want to read 31. And it says, my people must be tried in all things, that they may be prepared to receive the glory that I have for them, even the glory of Zion, and that he will not, that, and he that will not bear chastisement is not worthy of my kingdom. Okay. That's verse 31. Um, what? Right. Okay. My people must be tried in all things so that they may be prepared to receive the glory I have for them. I like to think about this like strengthening steel or strengthening. I saw this lady on TikTok. <laughs> this is kind of a strange example, but this is what immediately jumped in my head. There's this lady I follow on TikTok. She's Chinese and she always talks about the Chinese way of doing things. And oh, let me show you how to prepare your walk the Chinese way, right? And so everything that she does is very centered around her culture being Chinese and the things that she's learned and the things that she cooks and just trying to share that with people, right? Okay. One of the things that she talked about was how to season a walk the Chinese way, right? And she walks, huh, walks you through how to season a walk. And she's like, I got the, whoa, bro. Sorry. He just hit the phone or the mic. I've got different toys for him to play with. And by toys, I mean, random stuff I found on my desk. Um, but one of the things that she says is she walks you through how to season this walk, right? First, um, she, I think she got it from Amazon. You wash it out and then, um, you scrub it with soap and then you rinse it, and then you put it over the heat to dry it. And then you 
get it wet again and you dry it again and you get it wet again and you dry it again and then you put oil on it and then you and like uh, there's this whole process that you go through and she's like you have to do this if you skip this step it's not going to work the same your food will stick this will happen that will happen and I like to think about uh, we're being prepared for glory we're being prepared to make some delicious Chinese food by being heated again and by being wet again and by being covered in oil <laughs> like you know what I mean like there are pro there are steps and processes we have to go through so that we might be ready to receive the blessings Heavenly Father has for us because if we're not prepared right if we are not um don't go through these trials and they don't prove us to be ready to handle these blessings then we will not be capable of handling the glory that Heavenly Father so desperately wants to give us. Um, another way to look at it is, like, do you give a newborn baby a puppy to take care of? No. Why? Because he's not even capable of taking care of himself. Right? Can you give a teenager a puppy to take care of? Well, I don't know. It depends on the teenager. How, what are, how responsible are they? Right? Okay. There's a lot of blessings that come with a puppy, but there's a lot of responsibility, too. It's a... When some Spider-Man quotations can go right there. Okay. And then I like this part in 28 and 29. If thou art Mary, tells you what to do. Praise the Lord with singing, music, dancing, um, with prayer of praise and thankfulness. And then in 29, if thou art sorrowful, tells you what to do. Call on the Lord thy God with supplication that your soul may be joyful. And I love this. If you're happy, good. Talk to God about it. If you're sad, good talk to God about it, right? Like ultimately, regardless of what it is, Heavenly Father cares what's in your heart and in your mind. And he wants to hear about it. He wants to talk about it. I know you're sleepy, huh? Okay. Um, the last one I want to talk about in 136 is section one. Whoa, bro. Sorry. Section 136 versus eight through 11. I like this section. This is talking about, this is Brigham Young talking about going into, um, they're, they're moving again. Right. And he's saying, you know, it talks a lot. The very beginning talks a lot about how they're going to organize the different companies and how many people are going to be in charge and how many is you're going to have one person in charge of this many people and another person in charge of this many people, et cetera, et cetera. And then let each company bear an equal proportion according to the dividend of their property in taking the poor, the widow, the fatherless, and the families of those who've gone into the army that the cries of the widow and the fatherless may not come, oh, oops, excuse me, adding words here, um, come not into the ears of the Lord against the people. Let each company prepare houses and fields for raising grain for those who are to remain behind the season. This is the will of the Lord concerning his people. Let every man use all of his influence and property to remove this people to the place where the Lord shall locate the stake of Zion. And if you do this with a, with a pure heart in all faithfulness, you shall be blessed. You shall be blessed in your flocks, in your herds, in your fields, and in your houses, and in your families." Now, here's the thing. I think a lot of time, I, at least I've observed this a lot. Um, people are like, well, if th there's like this judgment of whether or not people can take care of themselves, right? And here it says, right here, 
Everybody will divide the poor, the widows. You're going to take your portion. Everybody's going to bear an equal portion of taking care of our widow, our poor, our fatherless, the families of those who have gone into the army, that they're not going to be on their own. Now, are these mostly women and children capable of preparing houses and fields, raising for grain? Maybe. I don't know. But is it our responsibility as those who have whole families, those who have um, husbands, as those who are husbands and are, are capable of preparing those things before we move on to the next place, making sure that those who are staying behind are prepared for and are going to be able to take care of themselves? Yeah, it's still our responsibility because... Um, we are our brother's keepers, right? One of the greatest things that we can do for each other, one of the greatest things we can do for our Savior is to serve each other with pure hearts, with pure intentions. Um, okay, before this baby totally loses his mind, let's talk about 135. Um, I'm mostly going to be in... Verses 1 through 4. Um, there's a couple of sections I want to read, but mostly I just want to talk about it. The thing I want to read first is in verse 1. Hiram was shot... This is kind of like in the middle of the verse. Hiram was shot first and fell calmly, exclaiming, I am a dead man. Joseph leapt from the window and was shot dead in the attempt, exclaiming, O oh Lord, my God. They were both shot after they were dead in a brutal manner and both received four balls. So they were initially killed and then apparently for good measure shot a few more times. Um, and verse three or verse two talks about John Taylor and Willard Richards and what happens with them. Verse three talks about how Joseph Smith has done more for the for man save Christ only. So the only so the in order in order of people who have done incredible things for the human race is first Jesus Christ, second Joseph Smith. That's what they're saying here. Broski, would you calm down a little bit? <laughs> He's a tired little baby. Um, and I think. You know, and then it goes on to talk about, in verse 3, it talks a lot about the different things that um, that Joseph Smith did. And I think that it's, it's important to recognize why, right? Um, in verse 4, it talks about when Joseph is going to Carthage to deliver himself up. He says, I am going like a lamb to the slaughter, but I am as calm as a summer's morning. I have a conscience void of offense toward God and towards all men. I shall die innocent, and it shall be yet said of me, he was murdered in cold blood. And I've often wondered when I was growing up, I understand it more now, but I wondered growing up, like, why? Why, why didn't he, why wasn't he protected? He was the prophet, right? Like, why, why didn't an angel stop? Why didn't, why wasn't he the one who was wearing the stopwatch or the stopwatch, the um, pocket watch over his chest and so that it stopped the bullet for him and that he survived? Why, why not? Um, and 
Verse, whoa, baby. <laughs> Why? Um, and actually in verse 130, section 136, verse 39, it talks about why. And ultimately, it is needful, it is needful that he should seal his testimony with his blood, that he might be honored and that the wicked might be condemned. It's the same reason why in the Book of Mormon, Alma and Amulek are watching all these people being thrown into this pit and being murdered because they believe in Christ. And he, uh, Amulek wants to stretch forth his hand and he's like, let's stop this. We have the power. I know we do. Which is huge faith on Amulek's part. And Alma's like, I want to too, but the spirit stops me. Because, sorry guys. Basically, um, the spirit stops him because the wicked must be condemned, right? There has to be witnesses to what happened. Um, and I think sometimes, at least for me, I confuse what God's intentions are. I, I get trapped into this idea that if God loves us, then he'll save us, right? And we talked about this, oh, probably a month ago, that saved doesn't always mean in this mortal life, right? Saved is sometimes after. Sometimes it's the after that in which we're saved. Remember, God is playing the long game. He is playing the eternal game. And he knows he knows how hard it is for us to go through this mortal existence, for us to watch people that we love and that we would do anything that we could to save. Um, for me, I think often of Heavenly Father and what it must have felt like to watch Christ be crucified by his children, right? Here is his most beloved and he is watching him be crucified by his other children. And how hard that must have been to, to stay his hand, right? I wonder how much in that moment he felt like Alma. And he wanted, he wanted so much to just reach his, forth his hand and just stop the pain and stop the suffering um, on the cross in Gethsemane. And then I think about all of the heartbreak that Joseph Smith went through, that Emma went through and how many times he must have wanted to stop it. But he also knew long game. He understood the long game. And I wonder how many times he looks into our lives and watches us go through trials and heartbreaks and painful things, watching us lose family members, watching us go through sicknesses and diseases, watching us suffer through mental illnesses. And I wonder how many times he wishes he could just come and give us a hug and tell us, I would take this from you. If I could, I would in a heartbeat, I would take this from you, but you're being prepared for something. And sometimes I think what we're being prepared for is 
something bigger and better that we get to experience in this life. And sometimes I think we're being prepared to be able to handle the glory that will come to us in the next. And I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but I also know that there are many truths that I've learned, um, especially about our Heavenly Father and particularly about parenting that seem counterintuitive but are actually what work. Um, So I would just like to leave you with a little challenge this week to pray for strength and to pray to be prepared for whatever Heavenly Father has in store for you. And I will do the same. And good luck to us both. (laughs) And I'll talk to you next week.